that are here this morning or you're fairly new, we haven't yet met. My name is Ian and I head up the eldership team here and we'd love to get to know you if you want to stick around at the end. There's going to be tea and coffee. Why don't you stick around and we would love to chat to you. Okay, um, this morning is slightly different. Uh, we are giving testimonies this morning about what God has been doing. Um, so even if you haven't um, sent in an advance to me uh, a testimony, which by the way, is all of you, um, <laughs> bar one, um, uh, then why don't you just stir up the courage. God, we believe God is alive, don't we? Yeah. Do you believe that? Yes. And I don't believe that he hasn't been working in all of our lives over the last few months. And I believe there's testimony to be told. Um, and testimony does us good. It builds up our faith. I was reminded in Joshua 4, the Israelites had crossed the River Jordan. God parted the waters so they could pass through the middle. And, and then uh, they were commanded to build up a pile of stones, 12 stones on the other side. And it says in Joshua 4 um, that this may be a sign among you. So when your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. And when it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. It builds faith and it was to remind the people of what God had done. And God is moving and he's active in our lives. So I believe that this will do us good this morning. There was the example of the, the woman at the well when Jesus basically told her her whole life. She ran off to tell the whole village. It builds faith. It brings people to Jesus. So I believe that you've got something to share this morning. Uh, but we're going to start with Faye. Faye, why don't you, let's give Faye a warm welcome. Yeah, there was a time I'd never be able to do this. At school, I was just a crumbling wreck in front of people. <laughs> So I just asked Carol to pray for me, so I'm feeling a bit anxious, you know, mouth dry, shaking. But anyway, like you say, we've got this. We've got, people need to hear this stuff, so. Um, I've just got to say how totally in awe I am of what God has done in the last six weeks um, about to do and is doing right now in our lives. During July, um, my 12-year-old son, Teddy, injured his Achilles tendon. And we're not sure how, but it caused him a lot of pain and discomfort. We went to the doctors who told him to rest up, something he does not do. <laughs> um, avoid sport, which is again another thing he would not ever do, and use cold packs. Um, if anyone knows either of my boys, they do not rest. Um, whilst at school, during the last four weeks, he took part in sport only to be left in pain, swollen and limping to the car at the end of the day. Um, on, the 20, uh, on the 31st of August, Teddy was already unpacked to go to New Day for the week. I tried waking him up, which is not easy, um, as he was on melatonin and has been since the age of seven. He said to me, Mummy, I don't think I can leave the house. I was a bit upset about this, knowing what, he was, in, what was in store for him and many others. He got a bit agitated with me and pulled the quilt back over him. I asked all of my friends on WhatsApp, groups and posted on my Facebook to pray for him, as I was so desperate for him to go. Five minutes later, with a cuppa and toast waiting for him, he came downstairs. I looked at all the luggage, feeling a bit defeated, and then remembered how big, how big our God is. So I said, Teddy, how do you feel about New Day now? He answered, oh, I'm so excited, I can't wait. <laughs> I actually cried there and then, and thanked Jesus. 
Um, during his time at New Day, this immensely anxious boy not only overcome a festival experience of 9,000 people, but also had his Achilles tendon prayed for. Elijah asked him if he would pray for it. Elijah Lettington. Um, Matt Clark and others in the healing tent. Five minutes later, he was running around the field with Matt. <laughs> when he got home, he was so wired and said, oh, wow, mummy, it was so amazing. I can't wait to go back next year. This is a boy who could not even handle a school disco or his own parties. When I asked him how he felt whilst he was being prayed for, he described a tingling in his ankle and foot. The last six weeks has been so busy, um, including paddleboarding, swimming, parks, beach, bike rides, running, walking. His Achilles tendon hasn't hurt him once. And to add, he weaned himself off the melatonin during New Day. This was a medicine which helped him to sleep during um, immense school anxiety since year three. So he's been on that tablet for six years. So he's not on it anymore. Um, one more thing I need to share. <laughs> it's quite funny. <laughs> I don't often check the oil in my car. So Monday morning, Monday evening, um, Monday just gone, We've been to one of our favourite beaches, paddleboarding all day. Um, we literally go for the day, so we were literally on the M2 at 11 o'clock at night. Um, and while I'm driving along, the car is juddering, uh, that kind of judder when you're not in the right gear. And I thought, oh, I don't know what's going on here. So I rang my husband. He was an hour away, and he informed me we didn't have any breakdown cover. <laughs> at this point, I was beginning to feel a bit worried creeping in. So. Pulling over to the hard shoulder at 11 o'clock at night, I prayed over the car <laughs> whilst my boys and my mum were in the car. When my husband checked the car the next day, he found that it had very little oil in it. God got us home so safely and reigned such peace on our journey home. Um, I just wanted to say thank you, Jesus, and that we have been constantly reminded that through God, things are possible. Yeah, right. Well, isn't that amazing? Well done, Faye. Uh, and Faye, what, you did such a great job as a mum to your boys uh, and your daughter, just praying for them like that. It's just a great example, actually, to us all, isn't it, to be praying for our children. And, and in difficult situations, when the car's breaking down, bring it all to God, yeah, yeah, sure. but also put oil in the car, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because that makes it work. <laughs> but yes, but just really be praying, come to him for it. So yeah. like, we're just blown away really. It, like you said you, in your prayer this morning, is it, it's been five years now since you came to God and yeah, I just think he just smiles upon you. Yeah, like yeah. So. Okay, uh, anybody else got something I'd like to share this morning that God has been... Uh, Ian? Yeah, I'll come to you. You stay there. No, you stay there. You stay there. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I'm kind of getting a bit older now. Uh, uh, I've, I've just realised that. True, is it? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, lose things, you don't you know? Um, anyway, uh, I what I do then is I pray to God because I've, I've been looking and I can't find it. Find it. It could be keys. It, you know, just anything like that. And uh, I've said. Look, God, you know where they are anyway. You know where they are. If they're gettable, will you direct me to where they are? And you know, time and time again, that has happened. 
and he's directing me exactly to where they are, whether they're under the chair or, or whatever it is. I've looked and looked and said, no, it's, it's not. But no, he's, he's actually directed me there. The other thing, over the, these last weeks, the peace of God has really, it, it, I've been spoken to about the peace of God. It isn't just sitting around quiet and not all the time, although that is good, but the peace of God it is being with him and acknowledging him. And, uh, oh, it, it's just wonderful. And not only that, the peace of God is powerful. It's not just wishy-washy quietness because it guards our hearts and it guards our minds. And that's what I'm finding. That's what I'm finding. The peace of God be with you. He says always, isn't it? Yeah. Well done, thank you. Right, anyone else? Go on, Chris. Let's welcome Chris Doe, everybody. Good morning. I've got a similar story to Ian about losing things. I have a bad habit of losing lots of things. Um, I think we even lost one of our children uh, about 10 years ago, but thankfully we found them. Um, Recently, or was it? This is 10 years ago. Oh, no, very quickly. Okay. Yeah, within at least half a day. Um, anyway, I, I lost my wallet. This is not uncommon, but it was getting serious. I mean, it had been nearly a week and I was getting to the stage where I was thinking, oh, what, what is in there apart from a little bit of cash? All my cards, my driving license was in there. Um, I think some some cards with some money on to spend in restaurants, which is obviously a serious thing. That's that's a serious thing. We can't be losing that. Um, no. And it got to the stage where I'd looked everywhere and I was getting a bit feeling a bit annoyed with myself. Where have I lost it? Um, did I need to go to the police stations if people still hand things in? Even um, you know these days. Um, I was getting to the point where I was going to have to ring the bank and cancel all, all the cards, and that is not a good place to be. You wait weeks, don't you, to get it all sorted. So I thought, I'm going to pray again, but I'm going to pray seriously. I got my um, iPad out where all the bank accounts are on the iPad. I laid hands on the iPad, uh, and I said, Lord, I need to find this wallet within the next hour. And I sort of stopped and sort of almost laughed at myself. Why am I just asking for an, an hour's time? Surely, as Ian said, if God knows where it is. You can tell me a bit quicker than that. So my faith slightly increased from an hour to five to ten minutes. I right, God, in the next five to ten, ten minutes, I need this wallet. I'm going to have to cancel all the cards, which I don't want to do. Um, anyway, um, within a few seconds, I so I'm going to get a bit emotional at this point. Um, within a few seconds, I saw what I think is a, I think it's called a meme um, in my mind. It was like in the top right hand corner of my mind. I could see myself opening the car boot and putting something in the boot. I don't know, I bought something from being killed or something. And my wallet was spinning in, into the car boot. And then I saw it again and again and again. It just keeps happening in the top right-hand corner of my mind. So I thought, well, I know what I'm going to do. And I've got my um, pyjamas and my dressing gown on at this point in the morning. But I'm going to go out, um, open the boot, looked in the, looked in the boot, couldn't see it. But I, well, if it had rolled into the boot, it would have gone over the seat, possibly, where the boot was flat, under my driver's seat. So I got around the back of the driver's seat, 
there it was. So I've given up hope, but I prayed, had a tiny bit of faith, and saw the, the sort of cartoon image of my wallet going. Anybody else? Sheila, do you want me to come to you? Go on then. Uh, yep, you're off. This is Sheila Aldrin, by the way, everybody. She's a legend. Aldrin, sorry. Legend of the church. Been with us for one or two years. Come on, Sheila. I was going to meet you this week and say to you, sorry, and say to you um, about this. And I thought, no, everybody was getting in touch with you. You'll have loads and loads. You don't want me. That hasn't been the case. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't to be. So I think I've got to share this with you. Um, Sunday, can you hear me? Yes, yeah, yeah. Sunday before, I think it was a Sunday at the end of July, but I, I shared it with the house. Uh, in our group yeah. for our last week. So it was then, and I've only shared it with um, the people that were sitting there with me at the time. Um, we were singing, and I don't know what, what, what we were singing, but it was something about the Father and seeing the Father. And I grabbed hold of the seat, and I thought, oh, if I see the Father, I should be petrified. He knows all about me, and I should be so frightened. And you know, so a boy said, No, you won't. I'll be busy holding your hand. And with that, I saw a picture of just two hands holding each other. And I had to sit down in the chair quick because I was shaking so much. And it was just, it was, it, it was so real. And the son's going to be there holding my hand. And going back to losing things, on Sunday afternoon, Rachel came round and we were going out, and then Jane Harper came round and I said, Oh, got to go out. Got ready, couldn't find the car keys. We got some old ones, I don't, I've had my fingers through and things, but no car keys. And we were going out, we were booked to go out, and uh, we searched. That was Tuesday. So I said to Clint, well, we just have to pray about it. We're going with these old keys. And uh, Wednesday, we spent the time looking for the car keys. No car keys. Not to be found anywhere. And I knew that I hadn't used the car since Sunday when I came home from church. And I put them down. So Clint said, oh, you've left them at church. I said, I couldn't have left them at church. And I came home, not with a car. The car was it didn't stopped. get it by itself. <laughs> <laughs> but that's do that as well. <laughs> that is And so I said, well, I've just got to keep praying about this. God will find them and God will, they will be to them. And uh, they had fallen off where I hang them and they'd fallen into a hood of a, a raincoat that I don't, that doesn't get warm when it's falling to me. And they'd fallen into a hood. So, no, they hadn't been, and Cleve did it. And so they had, we hadn't had a drop down on anything. So thank you, Lord, but he did make me wait. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, great, right, thank you, Sheila. Thank you. Um, I actually have a, a testimony uh, of my own, and um, sometimes uh, walking with God, it can be a, a bit weird. And 
Uh, I, sometimes, as my friends and colleagues will know, will often comment on things that are weird. Um, but, and I'm often in conflict because there are lots of weird things in the Bible. So I'm coming to terms with weirdness. Um, so this summer, I've been to New Day, had a great week there, served on the maintenance team, it was great. Horrible day, packing up, chucking it down with rain. Um, and we, I finally got home, we'd unloaded all the stuff here. Um, and I got home and was unloading my tent, which is quite large and heavy. And I lifted it in with one hand, which was a bit stupid as well, because it's nearly 30 kilos. Um, and I lifted it in and felt this pain in my chest. And I thought, you know, it was an age thing, but actually I pulled a muscle um, and the pain started to go down my left hand side. Um, went on holiday the next day, it was kind of a bit painful. And then I went mountain biking with my son in the mountains. And that just made it really bad. That was not a smart move. And I was in terrible pain actually for about three days. I, I couldn't, it was struggling to breathe. I was constantly sort of trying to catch my breath. I couldn't sleep on that side. Um, and uh, if I would cough or sneeze, it was really, really painful. And I think it was a, my intercostal muscles. And I was looking it up and it was gonna be three or four weeks. I was taking painkillers and that was sort of helping, but not a lot. Um, and where we were on holiday, there was this abandoned chapel um, just at the top of the hill. And I, every morning I was walking up to that with a cup of tea, my Bible, and I was going to worship and, and read. And, and I had some amazing times just in God's presence there. So when you go on holiday, by the way, you should never go on holiday from God. Always be seeking Him. And I was having some fantastic times uh, meeting with Him. And now this is the, the weird bit. I felt God speak to me and say, you need to breathe in deeply and breathe out 10 times, and by the end of the day, you'll be healed. But I'm going to give it a go. So I did. I breathed in. As I, I was breathing in, I was really sensing the Holy Spirit on me, and did that, and had a good time praying, reading my Bible up there. Uh, and then I woke up the next day, and I was completely healed. And uh, even so, so much so, my friends and my wife, were like slightly confused because it was really affecting me and the, and the rest of my holiday. Uh, I was thinking, this is not going to be good. They were like, were you just putting that on or something? Was, <laughs> and I was in genuine pain. And I, I listened to God, and by this small step of obedience, I was healed. And it kind of reminded me of some, you know, this happens throughout Scripture. I don't know if you know the story of Naaman. Anyone know Naaman? My, my kids know Naaman because I like to read the story and every time I say Naaman, they go, Naaman. It's <laughs> quite funny. You know, it involves the kids. They get they like that. Uh, Naaman is in 2 Kings 5. And Naaman was a very important man, a commander of the army, but he had leprosy. And this um, small servant girl tells him <clears throat> to go and see the man of God in Samaria, which is the prophet Elisha. And he goes, first of all, he goes to Samaria to see the king. And the king's like, no, don't, it's not me. You need to go and see the man of God. And this is what I, I love this story in 2 Kings 5, because Elisha is so dismissive. He doesn't even bother to go and see this very important man, Naaman. Um, all right, you don't have to join him. Naaman. <laughs> very good. Um, and he just sends his, his kind of servant along to say, just tell Naaman to go and dip yourself in the river seven times. Naaman is furious about this. And... Uh, he, he's, he's going to storm off, but then he, Naaman's people with him say, no, why don't you just give it a try? Naaman dips himself in the river 
It says in uh, 2 Kings 5.11, Naaman was angry and went away saying, Behold, I thought you would surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord and God, God and wave his hand over the place and cure the leper. So his servants come here and says, It's a great word the prophet spoken to you. Will you not do it? As he's actually said to you, wash and be clean. So he went down, dipped himself seven times in the Jordan according to the word of the man of God and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child and he was clean. Yeah. So sometimes it's just this, this act of obedience. God wants, that's our job. That's almost like God's love language to him is obedience. He loves obedience. So when God asks us to do things, it might be weird. Like marching around the walls of Jericho. Yeah. Well, God, we've, we've got this army amassed and we're ready to attack. No, just march around seven times. And the walls came tumbling down, didn't they? Through that shout of faith. God brought the walls down and gave him the victory. And God gave me this he healing just by me listening to him and breathing. And I don't like to act on weird things. But he is teaching me. I'm just being honest with you here. I, I'm trying to uh, move and operate and be obedient in what God is telling me to do. And when you listen to those small voices that when God is speaking, he will act. Amen? Okay, anyone else got a testimony they would like to share? And Elise. Oh, and then your daughter put her hand up so she can come next. Um, I had a dream last week um, and I thought I'd share it, but I wasn't sure if I should. Then I thought, okay, if someone talks about fruit, I will. Yeah. And then you, you talked about fruit, so I thought, okay, I'll, I'll do it. Um, I, I basically dreamed that we were uh, leaders from the church sitting around the table. But the table was placed at the entrance to a hospital, so that was a bit weird. Um, and we were waiting, we had our utensils and our plates and our knives and forks, but there wasn't any fruit or any food yet. So in the meanwhile, I thought, oh, I've got a tomato in my bag, I'll take the tomato out. And I started slicing it up, and as I was doing it, someone else took out another tomato and started slicing it up. And Actually, all together, it made a lovely tomato salad, I suppose. But um, I thought about it afterwards, thinking I have, I might have a little story or something to, to, to uh, contribute. But I think, oh, it's actually quite small and insignificant. But as I was taking out my bit that I can offer, other people started doing the same, and together we actually had a testimony and. Then I thought the table was placed at the entrance to a hospital and people who are sick or needy or broken go to a hospital. So our collective testimony and living out our lives have an influence on those people. So even if you think you're, you've got a little tomato, share it and together we have a, a meal. Very good. Uh, this is Lisa Holgarson. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you've been, what you're doing? Uh, my name is Lisa. Um, what was the question? <laughs> where have you been? Oh. What have you been doing? Um, uh, I go to University of Plymouth, um, so I've been there this year. Um, and yeah, I guess that's kind of where my story is going from. Um, I have been struggling with migraines all my life. Um, it's been um, a tough journey. It's been 
very debilitating. Um, on average, I'd get like two migraines a week, um, so I would be in bed a lot. Um, and over the years, I've had a lot of people pray for me, um, and nothing would really happen. Um, so people would start being like, oh, can I pray for you? And I'd be like, well, you can try, but nothing's going to happen. And so I didn't have, I was losing faith in that part of my life. Um, and so one Sunday I went to church in Plymouth. Um, it was almost like a healing Sunday. So I was like, okay, I'm going to change my mindset. This is, I'm getting in the way of God working. Um, so I said to my friends, please just pray. Lay your hands on my head. Um, I, I have faith that today I'll be healed. Um, so they all laid their hands on my head um, and just prayed. Um, and I felt a little bit of a tingling in my head. I was like, ooh, I really was in the way. Um, and so that, the migraine of that day went. Um, and I was like, guys, this is so cool. God really, really can heal. Um, and they were like, well, it's the pressure gone. And I was like, no. They were like, okay, well, let's keep praying then. Like, this is not, you're not fully healed. Um, so we got some of our church leaders to also pray over me. Um, and yeah, basically, they prayed and I felt the tingling all down my spine, into my feet. I was like, this is so weird, but this is so cool. Um, and the pressure was gone. Um, and for the first time in like, I don't even know how long I had no pressure or pain in my head. Um, and that was about four months ago, and I've not had, I've had like one or two migraines, um, but not bad at all. Um, I've been able to just continue living my life like I would any other day. And so I guess it's just an encouragement to sometimes we really do get in the way of God doing what He needs to do. Um, and so yes, acting on and just being obedient yeah. is sometimes the feels like a small step, but is a big step in God's story. Uh, just tell us a bit about where you've been in Chile. Is that right? In the last three months, is it? Yes. Tell us a bit about. Um, yeah, I've been in Chile. I just got back about a week ago. Um, it was so fun, so cool. I was just in awe of God's creation. Everywhere I went, I was like crying. And my friends who I went with, who are non-Christians, were like, why does she keep crying? And I was like, oh, because God's creation is just so beautiful. Um, so I was just a wreck the whole trip. <laughs> um, but yeah, I got stuck in a church over there, like an international church. Um, and oh, it was just like I found a family over there. And I keep saying to people, that it's just amazing how basically anywhere we go in the world we have a family just because of our love and God's love for us. Um, when else would you randomly go to a stranger's house for lunch and dinner? Like, um, yeah, so that was incredible. Yeah. Right, thank you. We've got time for maybe one or two more. Anybody else? Gary? Can I stand over there? I don't want to stand with you, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I feel weird about standing on stage. Um, if you remember back to the weekend away that we had earlier this year, which was April. Yes. Thank you. Um, I wasn't very well and hadn't been well for a couple of weeks prior to that. I kept being sick and was very tired, wasn't sleeping very well. I'm diabetic. 
And it's funny that he talks about obedience, that I'd been putting off having bariatric surgery for a number of years. There was always a good reason. There was COVID. Um, my mum wasn't very well. Um, so there was always what I thought was a valid reason. But eventually, at the weekend, the way God said to me, you've got to do this. And actually, I started reading Jonah prior to when we started looking at it as a church, as a kind of like a reminder of what to do to be obedient. And I had the bariatric surgery. Um, I went in on a Tuesday. I was home by Thursday, um, which was about the quickest the surgeon had ever told me that someone had got in and out. Um, since then, I've lost about two stone in weight and has really helped my health. I haven't had any of the same problems. I'm not there yet. It's a long way to go, but it really feels that God taught me about obedience. And with the prayer and support of my connect group and the church, it's just been an amazing journey. But it just shows you that, you know, you keep putting things off and you're not looking after yourself. And then God was like, no, now it's time to focus on you for a bit um, because you've been focusing on other people. Great. Uh, this is our friend Sarah. Hi. Um, so I've actually got two. Yeah, that's right. Two things. One is what would seem quite trivial, and the other is a bit bigger. Yeah. Um, so the first one is from last summer. Um, I've got two children. They're currently ages eight and nine. So last summer they were seven and eight. And we were fortunate enough to go to Disneyland Paris, and it was the hottest weekend in France, um, and we decided to fly. So we got there, we were going to do hand luggage. I'm really unorganised, so I said, let's get the Santa Lotion at the airport. Uh, completely forgot. Got to um, got to Disneyland, and we thought, well, maybe they'll sell it there. So we got there, and they had sold out completely. Um, couldn't find it in any of the shops. And we had a whole weekend, hottest weekend of the year, Two young children and there was suntan lotion. So they said, Well, you have to take a train, go to Paris and get some, which is going to take a whole day. Um, so I thought, Well, we can't do that. Let's pray about it. So took a moment and we prayed about it. Um, and then I don't know if you've been to Disney, you have to enter through security to get into there. So we came through security and um, it's kind of the only thing I can say it's a miracle because as we're coming through security, there sitting there was this bottle of suntan lotion, completely full, untouched, and it was a really fancy French one, wasn't a cheap one. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, I just can only put it down to God answering our prayer almost immediately. Like we literally just walked five minutes in and there was a bottle of suntan lotion. That's amazing. So, and they let you take it? What, no, I said to the security guards, I said, yeah. is this free to take? Is this anyone's that let just take it? Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Oh, they're incredibly cheerful at the check-in at Disney, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully so. Yeah. But they're very good. So without that, it would have been taking a train into Paris to yeah. find some Santa wow. Martin. So. That's great. Yeah, so happy yeah. kids. Yes, yeah. yeah. very good. Yeah. And the next one. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so the next one is a bit of a bigger thing. So um, my mum got diagnosed with a blood cancer about two years ago, and she... Um, she's been battling that. They moved from Orpington to Shropshire, which is next to Wales, so it takes about four or five hours to get to them. Um, and she had about six rounds of chemotherapy. Um, and then last July, 
we were told that they couldn't do anything more for her and she was in hospital for a good few weeks. And then uh, one day we were all told to come say goodbye because she wasn't going to make it to the end of the week. So um, I apologise, I get emotional talking about this. So, um, so I have two sisters who are both in England. Now my brother lives in Canada. Um, but my sisters and I, we, we got up. Um, my two sisters drove up that evening. I decided to get up really early the following morning and drive up. And um, my dad, he was really un unwell that week. He had an infection, turned out to be um, quite a trivial Ill illness he had, but he wasn't allowed into the hospital. So he wasn't going to be able to say goodbye to my mum, which was really hard. So we were going into the hospitals, and because this was last July, when we arrived at the hospital, we were having to put on all of the PPE, aprons, masks, and so this turned out, this is, this is the way we were going to be saying goodbye to my mum. And my mum's not elderly. She is in her early 70s, but she's, she's young for her age. Like, she's full of life. Um, so to get this diagnosis just came out of the blue. Um, and she had a really rapid deterioration. So, so anyway, we were there, we were saying goodbye. And um, so that, this was Monday. And we stayed out there with her for the week. Um, by the Friday, you know, we were all praying for her. A lot of people praying for her. By the Friday, the hospital um, said to us, your mum's still with us, and there's COVID in the hospital. Um, we actually think you can take her home. So, um, yeah, we wanted to take her home. So it had gone from, your mum's not going to be here by the weekend, and you, you've got to come and say goodbye, to now we need you to take her home. So this was a complete answer to prayer because one of the things we've been praying is, please give us more time. We want her to be with my father one more time, that they can have time together. Yeah. So on the Friday, I went in to see her. She had her breakfast, and I was able to put her into the car and drive her home. She lives an hour from the hospital, and in Shropshire it's beautiful. There's lots of countryside, lots of hills. And we just drove through beautiful sunshine and took her home to my dad, and they were able to be together. And and yesterday she celebrated her birthday. Wow. And um, this coming week they're going to be celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. Wow. How is she today? Well, she is on hospice care now. She has been given sort of six, about six to eight weeks left to live. Um, but we know where she's going. We know she's going to be with Jesus. Yeah. So we have peace about the situation. But what's been amazing is she's had an extra year with my father. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's not local to here, so I haven't been able to spend all that time with her. But we've prayed for extra time, and she's had this extra time to be with my dad. That's amazing. Yeah. And Sarah, there's lots of people uh, that will really happily pray for your mum and your family. What, what could they pray for right now? Um, just peace for the last few weeks of her life, really. Yeah. Um, just peace for the family. Um, yeah. Hopefully my brother will be able to come over one last time. Yeah, okay. What's your mum's name? Rachel. Rachel. Okay, well, I know there are lots of you that are real prayers in this church, so please be praying for Rachel and Sarah and the family. So, thank, thank you, Sarah. But yeah, just our answer to prayer was that she had this extra year. Yeah, yeah. Dad, which is amazing. Yeah. yeah, wow. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you.
Isn't that amazing? God is just so gracious. Um, and I think there's a, a, also a little a strand there of God speaking to us about obedience. Um, we are called to be obedient. Sometimes God speaks, sometimes it might sound a bit strange or odd, but we are just called to do uh, what he asks us to do. And the more you listen, the more he will speak to you. So can I encourage you to do that?